Blog Talk Radio. Food waste is one of the most easily solvable problems, literally the low-hanging fruit of environmentalism. Pardon the pun, it's my job. About 20% of all produce never makes it off the farm. It's because they just look a little funny, a little weird, but when you cut into it, it's perfectly good food. It's just a total shame. It's totally good stuff. We buy ugly produce directly from farms that often would go to waste because supermarkets won't buy it because of how it looks, and we deliver it to people's doors. beauty standards for an apple. This isn't that ugly at all. Like, that's the most common first box, like, complaint we get. We change that. We educate people. We show them how amazing these fruits and vegetables are. Have food delivered to your house. Box of produce every week. And it's more affordable. At a very reasonable price. Cheaper than the grocery store. I spend a lot less time in grocery stores. It's an adventure every time that you open your box. High quality produce. There's nothing wrong with the produce. And they taste exactly the same, if not better. Save those fruits and vegetables that get wasted every year. And it's delivered to your door, like, but what why wouldn't you do? Why wouldn't you do? Please go to our website, freedomizerradio.live, and sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Use our promo code and get money off your first order. Go ahead and get some organic and all-natural meats, dairy, snacks, breads, and non-GMO produce. Most people say they hate wearing shoes and would go barefoot if they knew they were allowed. People say it all the time on their social medias, but they are worried that someone will say something to them. So everyone wears the cheapest flip-flops with the least amount of fabric on them. Most people do not even know that it's completely 100% legal to go barefoot into a store. Most people think that driving barefoot is illegal, but it isn't. Driving barefoot actually is safer than wearing most shoes. Going outside barefoot for a walk is one of the healthiest things you could do, but most people are afraid someone will say so. Or they quote the myths and the rumors that their grandma told them years ago. The fact is, there are no laws against driving a car, going to a store, or eating in a restaurant barefoot. So don't give in to bad fashion, hurt heels, or a broken flip-flop. For more information, please check out barefootislegal.org or find us on your favorite social media. Hello everyone, I want to introduce you to our friends at Marty.com. At Marty, you can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10 ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. 
look for our link on our freedomizerradio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels. Hello, folks. We are here with Barefoot is Legal Radio. Barefoot is Legal is a uh, 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the rights and legalities of living the barefoot lifestyle, as well as giving support, building a community of barefooters, um, just encouraging and uplifting each other, as well as you know, advocating for barefooting to be looked at as you know the accommodation that it is to many disabilities and different chronic illnesses but also to have barefooting being taken seriously as a way of life that adds value to so many other people's lives, even if you're someone who may not understand it out there listening. You may think that, oh, barefoot, barefooting is crazy and weird. Why can't you just put your shoes on? There are very many real reasons in which people can't do that. Um, I myself, with my ADHD and autism, you know, barefooting is a huge, crucial part of that. Um, with sensory needs and experiences, um, overstimulation, as well as, um, you know, chronic, you know, um, physical disabilities and things like that. You know, it's something that genuinely adds um, to my mobility, makes it easier for me to be able to be mobile and get around, as well as um, just helping with my pain and so many different other aspects of, you know, my physical body and um, getting around and whatnot, if that makes sense, being able to move and, um, yeah, sorry, my brain's kind of messy today. Um, It is just Phoenix here. Um, Audrey, unfortunately, could not uh, be here again today. so, um, yeah, I'm not really going to get into it. Um, I'm not 100% sure if she wanted me to mention on the show today, but, um, but yeah, just please be understanding, of course. Um, just life be throwing a lot of bull crap around, you know? Sometimes it just be like that. Um, so, you know, bear with me today. Hopefully my brain won't be too much of a... Um, messy mess all over the place. Um, But, you know, it's really important to remember that just because you don't understand something doesn't mean that there is something wrong with it. You know, um, there are a lot of people out there who don't understand barefooting. Just like, you know, from my own autistic experiences, there's a lot of people that don't understand autism. And that can be very frustrating. You know, just because people don't understand something, you know, it doesn't and don't understand you, it doesn't mean that there's something, you know, in, really wrong with you. You know, it's not, doesn't, you know, like, it, you know, you can still be loved and accepted for who you are, and um, you deserve that. Unfortunately, a lot of people, you know, don't understand barefooting and the role that it plays in many of our lives. And, you know, even with people not understanding, you know, my experiences with autism, you know, that overlaps into, you know, my experiences with barefooting and my 
um, experiences with um, the benefits of barefooting and the need for it. Um, and so, you know, that can be kind of one of those things where two aspects of my life, you know, inter- you know interfere with each other. And people don't always um, or interfere or not necessarily um, interfere, but, you know, overlap. And that can be something that's um, really hard for other people to, you know, understand is, you know, those sensory experiences around needing to be barefoot, but, you know, that I've been able to, you know, find that there are other people, you know, that have those same experiences and the same needs, even if they are different experiences within our just different experiences as two completely different people. Um, but, you know, be able to find that relating. And um, barefooting is an accommodation for my autism and my ADHD. Um, shoes can be very overstimulating too much, or sometimes I need those sensory experiences um, of being barefoot, touching the earth, connecting with the earth. Um, like I actually was with the weather being warmer, which actually... Hello, everyone. I want to introduce oh. you to our friends at... <laughs> Sorry, guys. I guess I bumped something on my laptop and it started uh, playing an ad. Um, I'm hoping that maybe I'll be able to go out again, you know, today um, with the weather being nice, but, you know, I was able to be out more this week, and I um, I really needed it for my mental health, my emotional health, um, cognitive health even with where I'm at and burnout with my autism. I needed it uh, to be outside and really connect with nature um, for even my physical health, like even with a lot of my, you know, with my fibromyalgia, um, being when, um, obviously, you know, physical disabilities can make it hard to barefoot and be out in nature and do those things. But at the same time, it's like sometimes, I'm, you know, when my fibro, you know, is flaring up, it's like sometimes the only thing that's going to help is being able to be in nature. Um, and again, you know, movement is healing, especially when it's movement that we are able to do freely within our bodies, within the way that they're supposed to function and move with being on a barefoot and, you know, being on a barefoot walk and take these nature walks, you know, it can actually help realign um, my chiropractic issues, if that makes any sense, which does sound, you know, probably silly to other people. But for me as someone with um, hypermobile, I think I'm saying it right, hypermobility or hypermobile joint syndrome, um, sorry, apraxia today, I'm like trying to think on how to say it exactly right. But anyway, um, having loose joints and stuff like that, you know, bones shift all the time. And, you know, um, wearing shoes can make that harder at times to get my body to realign um, the way it needs to, especially since the imprint, um, like the indentation and the imprints inside shoes can get kind of messed up from, you know, the weight of us walking on them. And especially if our feet are on lines, you know, that can influence um, like that inside of our shoe um, and the base that we're, you know, standing on within the shoe, if that makes sense. Because um, that was something I realized, you know, in high school when I was having a lot of issues with um, uh, my my bones shifting around before I understood why and having a lot of chiropractic issues before I understood why. And, you know, I personally do have times where I have my own reasons that I have to wear shoes, um, but it can still, you know, cause its own issues physically, and that can be frustrating. Um, 
But at the same time, um, we really do need to be able to have that time to, you know, walk freely, if that makes any sense, barefoot. Um, because it's good for us in so many ways in general, but with my own experience, like, it does um, really help align my back better, if that makes sense, be able to walk normally and let everything kind of shift and function as it's supposed to. Um, and I'm sorry if I'm having a hard time explaining this, but, um, you know, barefooting is something that does add value to my life. Um, it's something that adds value to a lot of people's lives. And... I think that, you know, anything that adds true value, that's important. It has a place. It has a purpose. It has meaning. It has sustenance. You may not understand it if you're somebody who doesn't barefoot or, you know, or who just doesn't want to or has, you know, their own internal experiences or physical experiences in which that keep them from being able to barefoot. You know, there's nothing wrong with you either, and you're totally valid. But, you know, it is important to really just understand and respect the different um, realities and different experiences of other people, you know. Although we may all be living in the same physical reality, we are all part of, you know, much more complex realities within our daily life that are more nuanced and um, more complex and very embedded within our social lives. And... You know, I think it's really important to understand that, you know, we are all complex, multidimensional beings. You know, we have all these different facets of self. You know, the mental aspects, the emotional aspects, the physical aspects, uh, spiritual aspects. Um, I, I don't know if there's anything I'm missing, you know what I mean? Like, we have all these different aspects to us, you know, these different dimensions of way of thinking and existing and and I understand that seems crazy but I think we really need to look at how complex we all are as individuals and how complex our interactions are and things like that and I think when we really start to understand that we can really start to understand how different we are and how and really start to understand each other's experiences and really hear each other because um, you know we're not here to force anyone out of shoes against their will just like we don't want people to force us back into our shoes against our will you know it's it's all about freedom it's all about body autonomy it's about having control over yourself and your life and that's something that's really important to have you know how are we i mean you know what i mean like how does one have agency over themselves if they are don't aren't allowed and you know to have a body autonomy over what they're wearing on their feet you know and I think it's really important to understand that unless someone is actually causing you harm your discomfort is not really necessarily their responsibility especially if it's a stranger now again relationships are complicated if you have a more you know, interpersonal relationship with somebody, you know, there's more sustenance, more meaning, there's more complex. There's, you know, obviously, you know, there is, you know, respect and, you know, wanting to, you know, listen and care for each other. But remember that that's also a two-way street. But also, before getting into that, um, 
aspect of things, remembering that you don't owe strangers anything. You don't owe them to even that comfort of them being able to go around ignorant, blissfully ignorant, and even maybe even bigoted and or hateful. We especially do not know owe anyone with hate and bigotry comfort. Because I think, you know, again, like in personal relationships, you know, we should care about, you know, the comfort and well-being of other people we're in close relationships with. You know, that that's just how it, it is when you care about people. But again, remembering that's a two-way street. If you are constantly trying to hide yourself, like you're barefooting, to make other people comfortable to accept you or because they have a problem with it or an ick, but they don't have the same respect for you. Because there's a good chance that barefooting for, you know, you, a lot of us, you know, it's a much deeper thing than just, ooh, feet. Like, you know, the reaction that a lot of other people are having to, you know, not liking your barefooting. They're like, ooh, feet. Like, uh. Well, you're, again, you know, it could be a barefooter, you know, like myself that needs to barefoot, uh, you know, for overstimulation and sensory reasons and experiences at times that, you know, for physical mobility issues, um, you know, when you've got loose joints and your bones are shifting and you're trying to be able to walk and for chronic pain and when you're actually, you know, suffering, you know, through things, you know, and barefooting, of course, is not a cure-all, but it's something that does help. It is a coping mechanism. It is a, I would say, a healing tool in its own way. I'm not going to say it's a magical cure, but, you know, when you really learn, you, but you, barefooting is something that you can do to work with your body to um, add healing over time. And, you know, because, again, nature, exposure, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there to show that, you know, exposure to nature is really good at, you know, um, revitalizing the nervous system, regulating it, removing those stressors, and adding, you know, positive um, aspects there to the nervous system reactions as well. Um, And so, but again, even with barefooting, having that direct connection um, to nature, um, the different aspects of releasing excessive electrical um, or electromagnetic radiation, you know, and stuff like that, um, or excessive electrical energy in general, um, because, I mean, everything is a part of the um, electromagnetic radiation spectrum, like everything is, um, pretty much. So, I mean, color, like the colors we see, that is a part of the visible light spectrum, but that is still part of the, oh, sorry, excuse me, the electromagnetic radiation spectrum, or has other names um, as well. But, yeah, so, I mean, (laughs) I'm all over the place. Like, barefooting is something that does add value and, you know, to us and for us. And, of course, you know, in our personal relationships, we do want to worry and, and pay attention to and be mindful of the comfort of those in our relationships out of respect and love and compassion for them. But if you have are put in a position where you have to hide your barefooting or hide anything that is an accommodation to your disability, um, that creates accessibility for you to be a part of a space or within a space that you probably deserve to be a part of. Um, 
And, you know, if you have to hide those things for the comfort of other people, they don't respect you and they don't respect your comfort, especially if this is whether a mental or physical, you know, some kind of, you know, mental, cognitive, physical, whatever type of disability or um, illness or experience. And you're said to be somebody that is actually suffering. And this other person is more worried about, well, that just makes me kind of uncomfortable, you know? And, and, and I want to tell you that if you've got any people like that in your life, drop them, drop them. I, maybe that's a little too intense. Sorry. Maybe that's a little too intense for a radio show. But you deserve better. You really do. You know, I've had so many people that have over my life that have, you know, made me feel like shit. Um, I remember having friends in high school that were like, oh, my God, I don't want your cane in the picture. Like, get that thing out of there. Especially when I had one that was pretty ugly at the time. I'm not going to lie. Um, I got it from my great-grandfather when he was still alive. So, you know, like, it can be one of those things that a lot of people are ableist. And, you know, and I get not all barefooters have disabilities. and But at the same time, a lot of us do. And we do really need to focus on the fact that barefooting is an accommodation. It is. It is something that creates accessibility for many different people. And it's really important to keep pushing for accessibility because as much as we may think that we've come long ways in accessibility and accommodations, no, we haven't. No, we haven't. Unfortunately, if you believe that and you are able to believe that because it has, you haven't had to deal with the reality then I'm sorry to burst your bubble. I mean, it's nice that you get to live in that bubble at some point, right? But sorry to burst your bubble, but it's not, no, we have not come far enough at all. I mean, we have made a lot of progress in society, but we have not come far enough in terms of accessibility and accommodation and actually overcoming ableism within our society. And and really making spaces for disabled people and allowing disabled people to have joy. You know, a lot of people, you know, think we owe them constant suffering. And the moment that it's like we, you know, we do anything that doesn't show constant suffering, even though a lot of time we're still suffering internally, we're just hiding it and masking it and not wanting to ruin other people's time. You know, it's like there is, that can get a lot of backlash from a lot of people. And the thing is, is we don't owe anybody who doesn't care about our safety or well-being or comfort or respect or just, we don't, we don't owe them comfort. We don't owe them anything. You don't. If somebody does not care about your suffering, your safety, your well-being, your health, whatever aspect of health that may be, they don't respect you. They don't care about you. And you don't owe anybody any kind of bullcrap like that, you know, you don't, you don't need to alter, you shouldn't have to alter and change yourself to be loved and respected, you know, and I think, and like, when it comes to disabilities, like, obviously, you know, we all have to change some things and grow, but, you know, there is a lot of ableism that negatively impacts a lot of us with having to mask and hide and make ourselves smaller and just having and losing our voice because nobody is hearing and nobody is listening. And that's one thing I do appreciate about being on this radio show because I do feel like it helps me even when I'm struggling to have my voice some days or struggling to have a voice because of my own experiences, I still have one here. 
And I do talk a lot about a disability, accommodation, accessibility, autism in general, because those are things that are really, you know, are really important to me, but they are things that overlap with bare, barefooting. And they're very crucial parts of my barefooting journey. They're very crucial parts of other people's barefooting journey. And we have not come as far as a lot of people think we have in terms of accessibility and accommodation. And, you know, but barefooting is also recognized by the ADA, American Disability Act, as being an accommodation for disabilities. Um, so you can actually go to barefootislegal.org and you can actually print out ADA cards if you're someone with a disability. You can, um, you know, have that on you showing that, you know, barefooting is an accommodation for your disability. There's also other, um, there's like state rights cards and stuff that mention, you know, the laws around barefooting. Um, so if you're somebody that's coming into a lot of backlash discrimination, you know, barefooting is a huge accommodation for you and no one is taking it seriously. Um, and I'm pulling up the page right now to see if I can get it to come up. Sometimes my laptop's a little funky, but let me see. Okay, so for some reason, let me bring up the picture of the card. It's just my laptop. Um, it, 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 it's not an issue on the site. I've already um, checked that using um, Audrey's laptop in the past. Sometimes my laptop just has issues loading things, whatever. Um, so I can't actually load the actual card to read it, but under, if you go to barefootislegal.org um, and you go under laws, um, you can just click anything under there. Or not anything under there, sorry. Um, either downloads um, by state or driving or corporate letters. And um, those ones, I believe, are all on the same page, if I'm not mistaken. So let me try to double check. If it'll let me. Okay. Okay, the corporate letters is on a separate page. And so. Um, these, and I'm going to read what it says on the page, these corporations have been contacted by the BIL, standing for Barefoot is Legal, team, and returned letters on rules regarding bare feet in their businesses. If you are confronted by an employee, this information can allow continued shopping. And so, um, you know, people that have had issues with discrimination, you know, going in. There's actually one from, I guess, Bowling Green University was the top one. So I think it's really interesting that a college was on here. Um, and I'm even going to read the letter. So um, this was the person, um, I guess, Dr. Walls, following up um, with a student. Um, so I'm just going to get to the chunks that matters. I have asked around about any policy that would prohibit you from being barefoot on campus, and I cannot find any. I checked the policy register, the code of conduct, and with both our campus manager and the dean of students' office and could not find anything with an explanation point. So I would say you're fine to go without shoes. If any faculty or staff member approaches you about it, just let them know you have spoken with me and refer them to me with any questions. If another student approaches you, just tell them that you have spoken with the dean's office and there is no policy that prohibits you from being barefoot on campus. Hopefully this will, or hopefully people will just mind their business, but you know how that goes. Best wishes for an awesome semester. Thanks, Dr. Wells from Bowling Green University. 
So, um, again, if, and again, if there's anybody listening um, from Bowling Green University, which I believe is here in Ohio, actually, um, and if you've ever had any issues, it looks like there's another student that, you know, um, what's the date on this? This is from August 22nd, 2023. So if you have, like, any experiences negatively, you know, as a college student, especially at Bowling Green University, I mean, you, there are no um, barriers or rules or policies keeping you from barefooting. Um, and if you even go to this university in particular, you could, uh, you know, print this off and probably use this. Um, and, um, you know, and, and if other people question you, you know, explain, you can explain, you know, that more about the, the law. But at the, um, at the same time, there's some from, I guess there's letters from Dunkin' Donuts, Save-A-Lot, IHOP, Guitar Center, Hobby Lobby, Quick Fill slash Red Apple, Massachusetts Bay Transport Authority, Speedway, Starbucks, uh, Town Pump, and Walmart. So if you've had any issues with any of those places, there are other letters on there as well. Um, and if you have had any issues, you can report an unfriendly business on the page. Um, and if you're somebody that, you know, wants to take that initiative to reach out and contact other people if you've had issues with discrimination and sharing that information, those letters with other people, um, definitely um, please, you know, contact uh, Proof and the um, admin team, um, uh, uh, there is a uh, contact section on barefootislegal.org. Um, so you can, you know, contact, um, you know, so, so you could, you know, send um, a message with first name, email, message directly from the page. Um, and this will contact the um, Barefoot is Legal, like, officers. Um, and, um, yeah, so if you are definitely having issues um, and you'd like to report an unfriendly business, you can do that if you have, you know, information from, you know, taking the initiative yourself to get documentation from a place, you can reach out with that. If you need any help or advice with handling um, discrimination and going about that, um, you can also reach out um, to, uh, the you know, the, the officers, um, here at, you know, at, at, at Barefoot is Legal, uh, ra uh, not radio, but at Barefoot is Legal, because um, that's what they're um, called, so, you know, whether that be the, you know, the CEO or the um, different regional directors, um, you know, you are supported here, you are safe here as a barefooter, and, you know, the um, officers and, you know, coordinators and things like that, they really do care about barefooters they really care about barefooting these are people who are passionate about this and you know have their own real experiences so they will definitely you know do what they can to help and um but yeah so I'll, i just want to put that out there so people know that like you know there is information there is a way of contacting but again going back to the ada cards sorry i kind of skipped around a little bit um Although the card itself isn't loading, um, this is what it says under the ADA card on the Barefoot is Legal page, local, state, and federal disability laws, according to the ADA, the American Disability Act, 
U.S. Department of Justice against discrimination in any place of public accommodation as outlined in, um, I'm uh, probably going to butcher the legal thing, um, but for being barefoot due to medical and health reasons, if confronted, present this card and politely explain that they must make reasonable combinations. Always have your state's card handy if needed. So there's also state rights cards. Um, so you can find those state's rights cards that um, protect your right to barefoot, acknowledging that if you are barefooting for religious, cultural, personal beliefs, um, um, I think I would say, yeah. So whether it's the yeah, spiritual, religious reasons, cultural reasons, you know, your heritage or anything like that, personal beliefs, you know, those are protected rights that you have, and barefooting is a protected right within those protected rights, and so, you know, the state cards mentions that, but the ADA card in particular, you know, um, is more centered around um, disabilities and, you know, the accommodation accessibility of having a disability. So um, I definitely recommend having both, especially if you're somebody that's gotten a lot of pushback, and, you know, this is something that is very crucial accommodation and a crucial part of, you know, coping with your disabilities and things like that, um, then I definitely, you know, recommend, you know, getting, you know, putting these out if you're able to, or just having a digital copy, whichever you prefer. Um, but there are no laws or health codes against barefooting in public spaces in the United States. There are no laws against driving barefoot. Um, you're not doing anything morally or legally wrong being barefoot. And, you know, and if anything, I think that you're doing a big right for yourself, a moral right, by taking care of yourself and accommodating for yourself and creating a sense of accessibility for yourself, a sense of betterment to your life, a sense of betterment to your health. If you think about it, if anything, that's like that's the peak of self-love that we all want to aim for, right, is being able to accommodate for ourselves, advocate for ourselves, uh, be aware of ourselves and, you know, create a sense of accessibility community for ourselves and um, just be able to actually, you know, take care of ourselves and love ourselves. And so I think barefooting, if anything, is an act of self-love. Yeah, it may cause us to get a lot of backlash at times and it may make us feel like crap and it may make us not like ourselves and feel the opposite of self-love. You know, if you're somebody that you know, it goes, it has gone through some more intense, perhaps even traumatic experiences with your barefooting, um, or even just if you have trauma in general, or if you have different mental health conditions and things like that, like, you know, those things can really affect your already existing mental, you know, illnesses or, you know, disorders, diseases, anything like that. Um, it can also, you know, it, it can just cause these things to flare up and, like, factor into it, but it can also trigger, you know, past traumas, past negative experiences, um, you know, feeling ostracized and things like that. And ostracization is considered, you know, psychological torture, which is something I found out recently, and I was really, I've been, something I've really been processing as I've been processing a lot of ostracization that I went through because of my autism, especially before I was undiagnosed, and how much of it I didn't realize I was going through. And so now as an adult going back and processing things, and I'm like, oh. Like, I was always kind of aware on some level, but I wasn't fully aware, you know, got to love 
that uh, neurodevelopmental <laughs> delay, I guess, and lack of social awareness that comes with autism. But at the same time, despite all the backlash, despite all the gross feelings that we can feel and the gross feelings that, you know, discrimination can re-trigger, re-bring up, you know, um, barefooting is still an act of self-love. You know, and think about it. When you are choosing to barefoot, despite what other people say about you, despite their opinions, despite their BS, their ignorance, their arrogance, their discrimination, their bigotry, then you're still still choosing to, you know, barefoot because you need to, because you want to. That is an act of self-love. And I think it's an, a radical act of self-love even. Um, and... I encourage you to keep doing that. And I hope that you can reframe your mindset of looking at something. You know, if you're somebody that's struggling with, you know, oh, I'm so weird or, oh, you know, I wish I was different. Because, you know, I think there, you know, it can be hard to struggle with those thoughts if you're somebody like that. And if you're somebody really struggling with your identity and accepting yourself and accepting what you need, I want to encourage you to reframe your mindset of it being something that's, you know, weird and, you know, something that other people are upset about instead just reframing it as a radical act of self-love that you deserve and and looking at it as I don't know challenging the cultural structure around you and and, and normie mainstream culture and I and and like I don't even mean that as culture as in you know uh, you know like a person's culture but think about this overall mainstream cultural complex that we have of everything is about money and status and um, we don't care about each other's bodies. We don't encourage each other to listen to our bodies often, you know, Um, the way that we can police each other, ostracize each other, you know, these social rules that are very intense and often void of the true human existence and experience. and honestly, as an autistic person with ADHD, I'm always painfully kind of aware of this because I don't fit into it. And it can be very exhausting feeling like you're somebody that's always going against the grain and you're always pushing back and you're always being radical. And it can be really hard. But I think one thing that's really helped me is reframing my mindset is, you know, I'm here for a reason. And I've always been, you know, a controversial person because of my, you know, my own progressiveness and humanitarianism that a lot of people don't understand, um, you know, and it can be very frustrating thinking and seeing and living outside of the box when our overall mainstream normie, you know, neurotypical culture around us is trying to sometimes even violently put us back in that box, shove us in that box, verbally abuse us back into that box that makes drama and petty words look like sunshine and rainbows, you know, and it can be very, it can be very painful. But I think, but one thing I've had to realize, it is more painful not living true to myself. It is more painful pretending to be someone else. It is more painful trying to alter my existence for other people in ways that I shouldn't have to, in ways that aren't even right for me to. Because it's one thing, you know, if somebody, we hurt someone's feelings, we made a, uh uh-oh, you know, didn't handle this situation right. You know, obviously you want to listen to people, hear them out, and listen to them, and, you know, 
have a sense of respect and compassion, you know. But at the same time, if people are trying to force you in your shoes and that's the thing that you have to change and alter is doing something that may actually cause you a lot of physical pain and perhaps suffering um, or, some, or, you know, telling you you can't do something that aids in um, your treatment of your chronic health issues or something that adds value to your life or something that helps alleviate and relieve your suffering, I mean, that person doesn't really care about you, let's be honest, if they don't. And so it's like remembering, yeah, we want to care about the comfort of those that we're in interpersonal relationships with, especially, you know, very important um, ones. But at the same time, remember, it's a two-way street. You know, you can try all you can to be understanding and accommodating to people that have problem with your barefooting, but are they being accommodating to you? Are they being accommodating to your, you know, your um, neurodivergency? Are they being accommodating to your physical disability? Are they being accommodating to your chronic illnesses? Are they being accommodating to things that are actually causing you pain and suffering? Why are you the one accommodating to somebody's comfort over whether or not you're wearing shoes? I'm sorry, but that's not a real thing to accommodate for. And I, I, that is one of the only things I will ever say that about because, as you know, because believe me, there's a lot of things like people not taking our, you know, my need and a lot of our other needs as people as, you know, undertaking that accommodation of, you know, needing to be barefoot, you know, seriously. But that is an actual accommodation that adds value to our lives and stability and well-being and, and is really crucial to our well-being. The comfort of someone else because like, ew, why are you, oh, ew, you're barefoot, ew, you're not wearing shoes. That's something they have to get over, honestly. Because, yeah, anything can cause uncomfort and cause us to be discomfort and can cause discomfort if we're not, you know, haven't been exposed to it, we're not familiar with it. But, again, that is just a fact. That is just a lack of them having knowledge and understanding and, um, you know, seeing this kind of thing. That is, it's not due to an actual problem or disability or chronic illness. Now, it'd be one thing if, you know, again, you're going into someone's house who's chronically ill that, you know, is that, you know, wants you to clean your feet and whatnot, or maybe put on like slippers when you come in because they're worried about anything getting tracked in because they do have a legitimate um, condition that puts them at risk and makes them vulnerable. That's also different. But we do not owe people comfort. Barefooting is an accommodation for many people's mental well-being, physical well-being. We do not owe other people comfort when it comes to our barefooting. Now, obviously, we should be respectful. You know, you don't go around just touching people with your feet or kicking them or hitting them or whatever, touching your feet all over other people's stuff, because that's just basic human respect, right? But if other people are just grossed out by it, we don't owe them that comfort. We don't. And so I think that's something to really consider. You know, if you've got people who have in deep interpersonal relationships in your life that aren't taking your barefooting seriously and are more worried about themselves and their thoughts on it rather than your genuine well-being when this is an accommodation for you, this is something that creates accessibility for you, they don't care. And I know I keep going around in circles probably on this, but there is a difference. You know, there really is. And I get it. A lot of people, because they don't understand that it's an accommodation and that it creates accessibility, they think that it's, well, it's the same thing. No, it's not. 
when I am in so much physical agony that wearing shoes literally makes me want to not exist anymore when I am so overstimulated I'm because of wearing shoes I feel like my head is going to pop off and explode and just start leaking everywhere you know just brain matter because of how intense my experience is yeah taking my shoes off is an accommodation but you being kind of eh, kind of like icked out or a little grossed out by somebody being barefoot, especially if it's in a public space and they're minding their own business and you have nothing to do with them and they have nothing to do with your life, that's an issue. That's a problem. And there is a huge difference. And I think one thing I've reflected on, you know, with my autism is and and, and my ADHD and, you know, going through, you know, abuse throughout my life and forced and I'm being forced to mask and things like that. I've had to really learn how to care about my own well-being and my own comfort, like actually, because what, because for me, you know, going through pain where you constantly feel like your body is on fire, so much pain that you constantly feel like you're in eight to a nine and then when a 10 or you know, level comes, you're just like, I'm, I'm done. You just want to, you know, and because it's so miserable. And, you know, when you're experiencing these physical things with, you know, like with my fibromyalgia, my other um, Joan, Joan, uh, joint and bone issues and, um, you know, overstimulation, especially my fibro, that causes actual physical pain overstimulation registers the pain receptors in the brain so then cause my body to completely lock up especially with the relationship with my fibro my fibro kind of developed in relationship to dysregulated autism and adhd and the basically the frying of my nervous system going through too much stuff my nervous system just always being overworked developed fibro and so you know like those go in hand in hand. And when I am so overstimulated, it is causing physical agony. My body, my muscles are literally affected. They're tight. They are hurting. They're sore and aching. And those words don't even do justice to the level of agony of sore and aching and pain. And you, it is genuinely suffering. And there's so many times and, 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 and wearing shoes can be a problem, you know, with that and can add to that and taking them off can be a huge difference because even if my other, my, the rest of my body is inflamed and in pain for other reasons, that overstimulation is going to um, put me over the top from wearing shoes because it's already incredibly overstimulating having fibromyalgia, um, but also having all these other pain experiences and health issues in my body with my autism and ADHD, it is incredibly overstimulating. And so being able to just remove shoes, yeah, it's not a cure-all. Yes, I might still be nagging, but it's still going to make a diff- big difference. And it's going to keep me from increasingly experiencing more and more and more and more pain. But, again, with forced masking of, you know, my ADHD, my autism, and most of my life, people not taking my disabilities, my chronic pain, or anything wrong with me seriously, and me just starting to think that a lot of these things must have just been normal um, or that I was just weak and I was, you know, and things like that. I was just a crybaby or whatever, not understanding what was going on with me and, how much I was actually pushing through, and that's helped me realize how strong I actually am looking back. But um, when you, I think it's, you know, when we're forced to mask, even after being diagnosed with ADHD and autism, 
we get so used to um, being in pain, just deeply, deeply uncomfortable to the point that it's, it, it goes beyond uncomfortable straight into overstimulation or straight into, ooh, we might be nearing a meltdown or a shutdown territory, you know, um, again, not knowing what those were at the time when I was experiencing them. And so, like, I realized that I was so trained to tolerate pain and agony and on so many other levels and discomfort and overstimulation and threats to my nervous system in ways that other people weren't. And because of this, like, I've had to learn to actually care about my own comfort and my own um, enjoyment and, um, and realizing that, you know, I also don't deserve to make everyone else comfortable. If that makes sense, because a lot of that masking of my pain, pushing through the agony and the suffering and within forced masking is to please other people. But it's to please other people that don't care about my needs, that don't care about my existence, that don't care about my experiences, right? So I think it's really important for a lot of us who, whether it you know be through autism, you know, um, abuse, you know, or, and, or, you know, disability issues, like our own, you know, those experiences of having to um, kind of tolerate your own suffering and mask it for other people while then still trying to make them comfortable while you're actually suffering is a big thing that a lot of us, um, a lot of people, you know, have had to go through and experience. And I think it's, it's really, it's something that's really important to break. And remember, just because you're chronically ill and you have these issues does not make you a burden, and it does not mean that you owe making everyone else comfortable around your disabilities, around your illnesses, because you don't. Um, and, you know, and, and then this is a passionate topic for me this week, and there's nothing that's actually happened this week, but just processing things and other people sharing their stories um, on these things, whether it be in my personal life or online, just really has this on my mind, you know. And um, it does relate to barefooting, you know. So it's like if you have to do um, whatever you have to do for your disabilities and to accommodate for yourself and create accessibility, then you have to do that. And you can't worry about other people's comfort when it comes to your suffering and your life and your well-being and your health because it is different. You know, we don't owe people this comfort that we've been on some level we do because even if you're not autistic but you still have you know other physical disabilities and things like that or other mental disabilities and things like that you know a lot of times we are taught in programs to make everyone else comfortable because ableism is still an ongoing deeply insidious and kind of sadistic plague parasite still rooted within our society and unfortunately we have not come far enough with accommodations and accessibility and valuing the lives of even able-bodied people, much less, or even not much less, ugh, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is, but let alone also, you know, disabled people. Because, you know, uh, you know, we, I mean, let's be honest, even in our own uh, society, I mean, people don't even value the health and well-being of able-bodied people let alone people with disabilities, you know, and, and I don't know if my language words are coming out right, if that makes any sense right now, because where my brain's at, you know, but 
We don't owe people this comfort. Instead, you need to do what's right for you, for your health, for your well-being, taking care of your body, taking care of your mind, taking care of your emotional, you know, heart space, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, taking care of just your social health even. You know, there's so many different aspects of health, like even social health, like I said, like, you know, um, and, and like there's so many aspects of health as I'm trying to say and whatever part of barefooting that helps you. But again, I think social health is the more complicated aspect because of a lot of the criticism, you know, when, when whether we look at it through ableism or we look at it through fear mongering or we look at it as like, you know, the whole traditionalist movement that came up against the Western counterculture or hippie movement, whatever, however aspect you want to look at it, um, there's, sorry, my brain, oh my gosh, too much in my head right now, and I'm trying to get it all out, and then I'm, <laughs> but, um, there's all these, um, sorry, different social factors that you create barriers, of course, we're often, you know, barefooting and our social well-being, you know, are very interconnected, but they don't really meet very well, but I think that's what's so great about, you know, Barefoot is Legal and um, just the online spaces in general that have been, have, that have created community as well. Um, but, you know, Barefoot is Legal is the only 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the rights and legalities of living the barefoot lifestyle where barefooting in general and that encouragement, that support, information, and advocating. Um, you know, so I think that communities like Barefoot is Legal and communities online in general, like, really do help with that social aspect of health, and that is an aspect that can help with barefooting. Um, but, I mean, I think it is important to find people, you know, who barefoot like you, which can be really hard to do, um, and that can be important. Um, but even, too, with the aspect of taking care of your, um, taking your social health into consideration with your barefooting, finding those friends and those families and those loved ones that do actually accept accept your barefooting and accept and want to accommodate and create accessibility for you and you know being able to do your barefooting in those safe places especially until you can build up the confidence and you know agency within yourself to be able to do that more freely um but you know barefooting is and you know it does help with my mental health it helps with the mental health of audrey it helps the mental health of so many other people um, it helps with processing trauma. Um, it, it helps with processing, you know, the emotional aspects of trauma, but also the um, the way that emotions get stored in the body through trauma or just unprocessed in events in general. But even an event being unprocessed can create, you know, a trauma dynamic within that. Um, you know, and so the thing is, is what causes a person to be left traumatized too is, and it leaves an imprint on the brain isn't just the event they went through, but it's all the social factors, the um, support systems, or lack thereof. It's about the response and their general environments around them um, before, during, after that trauma, but especially after can be a really crucial aspect um, because if you don't have support, if you don't have a safe place to talk on things or process things, 
then that's going to cause it to be more unprocessed and cause it to be more traumatizing. But again, if you end up getting more abuse or ostracized or called a liar or shamed and um, worse after going through a trauma, those things are going to be even more destabilizing or are going to cause the person to more likely develop, um, you know, severe mental health issues in response to the trauma that they endured. Um, and so, uh, you know, barefooting obviously doesn't magically cure this, but as somebody with complex PTSD myself, um, barefooting is something that really does help me process the emotions and feelings in my body. Um, it helps me pull back into my body and be in my body, be a part of my body physically in this reality um, when it is especially hard to do so, especially around processing these kinds of things um, when it comes to trauma. And, you know, there can be a huge impact on your well-being from going through any one traumatic event, much less multiple events compounding on top of each other. And as crazy as it sounds, movement is healing with trauma when you're able to find the ways to move the ways for you are good for you. Because part of it is the aspect of, of emotions, getting stored in the body, um, especially around, you know, places in which trauma occurred or, you know, physically in the body or on the body. Um, but also just really pulling me into my body to be here, to be a part of it when struggling with disassociation and depersonalization. Um and any other, you know, type of symptoms that other people might be experiencing, like, you know, they're, so, they're kind of similar, you know, it can really help you pull you back into your body. But it can also um, give you that kind of freedom of, you know, movement is healing because you're choosing what you get to do with your body. Now, sometimes that can be hard, you know, with autism when I'm, and my other issues when I'm having um, spasms and things or um, I get in places where I'm stimming and I have no control over it. You know, of course, those can kind of sometimes feel like, but those are still a part of my body doing what my body needs to do. So even if you have some weird stimming, like it's still part of your body doing what it needs to do for you um, and, and, and nobody else, you know. So, I mean, it, I think that barefooting is just so freeing. It gives an aspect of control and safety and that I know doesn't make sense to most people because, and I've never really actually been able to explain it because I, I honestly, my entire life, barefooting has always been such a safe and freeing experience for me mentally, emotionally, in my soul, in my body, um, that I know it sounds crazy and it doesn't probably make sense to other people unless they get it and they understand it. Barefooting is a very freeing experience. It's very powerful in letting you reclaim your body, honestly. Um, and be able to connect with the earth, you know, really take the time to barefoot and connect with the earth um, has really been a huge aspect of reclaiming my body and reclaiming my life and um, just loving myself, like radical self-love, not caring whether people think, doing what I enjoy. Because it, it feels good to just be barefoot and walk, walk, touch the mud, the grass, leaves, whatever, obviously make sure it's something poisonous, please. Please keep an eye out for poison ivy, poison oak, you know. If you don't know what it looks like, look it up because I'll probably end up explaining it in a way that will make you more confused, okay. Um, but 
you know, like it is such a freeing and healing experience. And I really wish I had better words to explain it. I really do. Um, but the best way I can explain it is I feel in touch with my soul when I'm barefoot. I feel in touch with the earth. I feel in touch with all these different aspects of myself that I struggle to at different times. Even when I'm still struggling while barefoot, it's a weird freeing experience when you're like touching the dirt and the earth. And like I've got, I was able to get out a couple of times this week and with it being warmer and be able to directly, you know, touch my feet to the dirt and the earth. And it was just, such a freeing um, healing thing. I mean, it's hard because I feel like I'm personally processing a lot of things right now where I'm not in the most, I don't know, healing place that I would like to be. But the truth is, you know, but the truth is barefooting really does help a lot. It doesn't really make any sense um, to me even. Um, but being able to be out there with the trees and, you know, touching the dirt and maybe even mud barefoot, um, I feel as close to being a whole, complete person as I can feel ever. You know, like, I don't even know how to explain that. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with my experiences, but being overstimulated, there's always so much going on in my brain. Um, being autistic and ADHD, I mean, they have no idea how much more information we're processing awake yet, but they know asleep, autistic people process 50% more information in our sleep. ADHD people process about 50% more information, um, though, awake. And then, though, so they do know at least that. And they process just a little, only just a little bit less more in their sleep, if that makes sense. So... Yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds crazy. It sounds like a hippy-dippy thing, but, you know, barefooting really, it is healing. And when there's just so much information, like, going on in my brain and I'm overstimulated, there's just so much going on, being able to just go out in nature, like, even when I'm thinking and I might still be kind of crazy brained and overstimulated and trying to work out all this stuff, um, being barefoot really does help my physical body, my mental body, and with those working together, it helps my overall well-being. Um, it removes a lot of stressors of, you know, daily life to my nervous system. Being out in nature and being barefoot is just, it really, it's just one of the most healing things for me, honestly. Um, and for me, like, going out in nature is a very sacred thing for me. It's a very, um, it's not always you know, spiritual or religious in the ways that other people would often think. But it's still a celestial experience, even when it's not as spiritual or um, quote-unquote religious at times. You know, there are times where it is just purely physical experience, you know, through my ADHD and my autism and my physical disabilities and things like that. And you know, it's more of a physical thing. But even within that physical experience, there's still a sense of celestial, spiritual healing aspect in that. And I really wish I could explain it because I know I sound crazy. But it is 2.36, and at least here right now, um, where we're at. And um, so I am going to run a quick ad break since um, I only got to do that. Um, yeah, so 
sorry my brain and my rambles are all over the place and I'm really not trying to dump too much about myself but I really do though want to showcase and explain that like barefooting is a crucial aspect of my well-being and so many other people's well-being and I think the best way to really explain that is sometimes through personal experience especially when we can go round and round on the same you know data over and over again but again it probably becomes repetitive with um, me sharing even. So hope that you guys are enjoying my rambles so far. Um, but we are going to run a quick ad break, and then we'll be back with Barefoot is Legal Radio. Barefoot is Legal is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the rights and legalities of living the barefoot lifestyle, as well as general community support and encouragement and information around the barefooting lifestyle. So we will be back after the quick ad break. I've heard stories from teachers in classes where their students are grounded that they have half the level of referrals for discipline. Some students who were in tears because they were experiencing success when before they were experiencing failure with their behavior and discipline. I've heard stories from teachers with autistic children who have been grounded where they have less of what they call the meltdowns. And the meltdowns are less frequent and shorter and they come back into the classroom and they're learning more than they had learned prior to the grounding. It's amazing what happens, not just with the teacher at the front of the class, but what can happen with the student sitting in the class. And just think if every single student and every single teacher and every single classroom and every single school across this whole world was grounded. The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided. Food waste is one of the most easily solvable problems, literally the low-hanging fruit of environmentalism. Pardon the pun, it's my job. About 20% of all produce never makes it off the farm. It's because they just look a little funny, a little weird, but when you cut into it, it's perfectly good food. It's just a total shame. It's totally good stuff. We buy ugly produce directly from farms that often would go to waste because supermarkets won't buy it because of how it looks, and we deliver it to people's doors. standards for an apple. This isn't that ugly at all. Like that's the most common first box like complaint we get. We change that. We educate people. We show them how amazing these fruits and vegetables are. Have food delivered to your house. Box of produce every week. And it's more affordable. At a very reasonable price. Cheaper than the grocery store. I spend a lot less time in grocery stores. It's an adventure every time that you open your box. High quality produce. There's nothing wrong with the produce. And they taste exactly the same. It's not better. Save those fruits and vegetables that get wasted every year. And it's delivered to your door like. But what you why wouldn't you do? Why wouldn't you do? Please go to our website, freedomizerradio.live, and sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Use our promo code and get money off your first order. Go ahead and get some organic and all-natural meats, dairy, snacks, breads, and non-GMO produce. Most people say they hate wearing shoes and would go barefoot if they knew they were allowed. People say it all the time on their social medias. But they are worried that someone will say something to them. So everyone wears the cheapest flip-flops with the least amount of fabric on them. 
most people do not even know that it's completely 100% legal to go barefoot into a store. Most people think that driving barefoot is illegal, but it isn't. Driving barefoot actually is safer than wearing most shoes. Going outside barefoot for a walk is one of the healthiest things you could do, but most people are afraid someone will say something. Or they quote the myths and the rumors that their grandma told them years ago. The fact is, there are no laws against driving a car, going to a store, or eating in a restaurant barefoot. So don't give in to bad fashion, hurt heels, or a broken flip-flop. For more information, please check out barefootislegal.org or find us on your favorite social media. Hello everyone, I want to introduce you to our friends at Marty.com. At Marty, you can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10 ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our FreedomizerRadio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels. Hello, folks. We are back with Barefoot is Legal Radio. Barefoot is Legal is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the rights and legalities of living the barefoot lifestyle, as well as general community support, advocacy, encouragement, information around the barefooting lifestyle. There are no laws or health codes against being barefoot in public spaces. So that means going to the store, going to parks, um, malls, um, shopping centers, um, small businesses are even considered public spaces. Um, they do not have any legal right to discriminate against you barefooting in their business, even if they are a small business they still don't have any legal rights to discriminate against your barefooting because they're still acting as an independent or because even if they are an independent business, they're still acting as a business open to the general public. So unless they require, unless a institution or establishment of some kind requires a very strict membership or membership fee already, then they don't have any policies that they're allowed to make against barefooting or discriminate against barefooting. Um, they don't have any rights, legal rights to any kind of policies like that. Um, now, if a place does have a membership fee or, um, you know, more rules on their membership in general um, as an establishment or as some kind of in institution, um, then yes, they can legally have um, their own policies around barefooting but they have to be policies that make sense 
and um, also are like rooted in safety. They can't just make up a, a BS rule basically for no reason, just because they want to, because legally barefooting is a protected right because of disability rights. It is like we've already mentioned, it is barefooting is recognized by the ADA, American Disability Act, under the U.S. Um, Department of Health, um, the U.S. Um, Justice Department, as being, you know, recognized as an accommodation, um, an accessibility tool for people with disabilities. So under that, you know, barefooting is protected for disabilities, but barefooting is also a protected right due to personal beliefs, spiritual beliefs, cultural, um, uh, religious, heritage, things like that. Um, you know, it's, it's, protect, it's a protected right as well because of those other protected rights under religion, culture, personal beliefs, things like that. So barefooting, you know, it is a protected right. Um, it is illegal for places open to the public to have any kind of policy against barefooting because it is just straight up illegal and discriminatory. Right, and also again, so even if a place does have a membership, some kind of membership fee or um, these other, you know, kind of like rules or, you know, regulations to be a part of, say, this group or whatever, you know what I mean, or a part of that organi organization or establishment or a member, whatever, then yes, they can legally have some policies like, like, um, like some, um, like certain some gyms and some um, places like that, you know, that require membership, they can have their kind of like own rules around shoes. But again, they have to be rooted in safety. They have to make sense. They can't just make up some BS rule against barefooting because they want to. It has to be an actual like safety concern. Um, and you know, but when it comes to places that are open to the public, even a small business, they have no legal grounds of being able to have rules against your barefooting or anyone being barefoot. They are not legally able to have any right to discriminate against barefooters and people being barefoot in general. Um, there are also no laws against driving barefoot. It's actually statistically safer to drive barefoot. There are a lot of accidents that are caused by flip-flops, sandals, um, even high-heeled shoes, wedges, slide-like shoes, and even shoelaces getting caught up in the pedals. And I hate bringing that up to you know, scare anybody because that's not my intention. My intention is not to scare anyone or to fear-monger people out of their shoes, just like I don't want to be fear-mongered into my shoes. But... Statistically speaking, it is much safer to drive barefoot than it is to drive with most types of shoes on. Um, there are so many different um, risks and accidents that are associated with people's shoes getting caught in the pedals and things like that. Even from my own experience, like when it's been so cold where I've had to like wear shoes to protect my feet, like trying, you know, you know, it can be a lot harder to drive with shoes on or if I'm having other sensory issues that cause me to have to wear shoes at times, um, you know, it, it's really hard to be able to drive and um, compared to being barefoot for sure. Um, I, when you're barefoot and you're driving, you have, you have so much more um, awareness. Um, you have more control over your foot. I feel like even just, you know, like there's just so many different factors um it's a lot easier to tell where your foot is going even too 
when you're barefoot, if that makes sense, versus wearing a shoe. Um, but again, I'm not here to fear monger anyone into barefooting or driving barefoot or being barefoot all the time. Just like we don't want to be fear mongered into wearing shoes all the time, you know, but statistically speaking, it is safer to drive barefoot and, you know, barefooting is really beneficial on so many levels with the nervous system and healing and accommodating for autism, ADHD, even anxiety and panic attacks, um, accommodating for so many different physical disabilities. Um, And this isn't just something that people are doing to be cool or rebellious or to cause problems or looking for attention or whatever else that other people want to... um, you know, throw at us with their own negative opinions. So you have to remember that those negative opinions that other people have on our barefooting, they're a reflection of their perspective of the world and maybe even their own perspective of themselves. It's their perspective of other people. That it's their mindset. You know, when people are do not understand us and they're being discriminatory or bigoted and things like that, like that is their internal working. That is their responsibility. You know, it's not our responsibility to make people comfortable. It's not our responsibility to make bigots and ignorant jerkwads or whatever. You know, it's not our job to make them comfortable. It is our job to take care of our bodies. It is our job to be able to accommodate and advocate for ourselves, which is really hard to do with disabilities, whether that be mental or physical, as somebody who, you know, has experience with both. Um, it is very hard to be able to advocate for yourself, accommodate for yourself, and stand up for yourself, especially if you've never had that in other people, especially if no one's ever stood up for you, especially if you've also been abused and put down and just labeled as a problem rather than a person with problems. You know, those, it can be very hard. And unfortunately, um, you know, we do need to demand more from institutions, establishments of all kinds to be more um, accessible and accommodating. But it is also a hard truth of realizing that, you know, we also have to be able to find ways of being able to accommodate for ourselves and create accessibility for ourselves and advocate for ourselves, which is really hard. But sometimes that can be as simple as being honest about what you need, what you want, and, um and, and sharing that with people who are safe places, sharing that with people who, you know, want to accommodate for you, and even finding, you know, those people who love you that can help um, accommodate and um, create accessibility and advocacy for you further. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of this comes from being able to find our own voices and being able to say what we need and what our experiences are. Because unfortunately, even those who love us and want to support us, if they don't understand what we actually need in terms of an accommodation or what we need for accessibility to be created for us, then they don't always know, especially if they do not have the same experiences with physical or mental disabilities that you do. You know, the people that love us can try so hard to be understanding and accommodating, but there can even be a barrier within that if they don't know. And so it is really, um, it is really hard, but I do encourage people to, you know, be able to find their voice. You know, you matter. Your needs matter. Your barefooting, it matters. Your accessibility, it matters. Your accommodations, they matter. 
it, you deserve to be advocated for. You deserve to have your needs addressed and taken seriously and met. And you deserve to exist within the spaces in which you feel you belong. You deserve to exist in the spaces in which you want to belong, you know, because you have that, in, that same interest and the same passions and things like that. You know, but at the same, you know, and I think it's important to remember that, you know, disabled people, we belong in the world. As much as we can be ostracized and as much as ableism is still an ongoing problem, we still deserve to exist within the world. We still deserve to do what we have to do to take care of ourselves and regulate ourselves and add well-being to our lives. And if barefooting is one of those things, then yay, we're here to empower you and encourage you. And I... I'm just sending love to everyone right now who is struggling. I understand what it's like to struggle a lot and understand what it's, it's hard to feel seen and heard and make yourself feel seen and heard. Um, and it can be really hard when you're already struggling to be seen and heard and you're getting so much pushback and discrimination and ableism and bigotry and things like that. Um, but I'm proud of you for being brave enough to barefoot. <laughs> I am. I really am. I'm proud of you being brave enough to understand to start opening that gateway of what you need what are your accommodations that you need what what creates accessibility for you um what are your needs you know i I, and and so i encourage you know people to really look into these things but i am proud of everyone who is already doing that and i but i still encourage you to push further for you for yourself with you know for radical for the sake of radical self-love you know um and for your own healing and your own well-being, because you deserve the healing you need. You deserve the accommodations you need. You deserve the accessibility you need. And you deserve the advocacy that you need. And I hope that, you know, what, you know, what I do here with, um, you know, like, like hosting Barefoot is Legal, um, that I am able to create a sense of push on accommodation, accessibility, and advocacy for disabled people and for barefooting to really be recognized as a huge part of all those things, accessibility, accommodation, and advocacy for disabled people. And and obviously, I know not everyone who is a barefooter is, is disabled or chronically ill or, you know, neurodivergent or whatever, but a lot of us are. And yes, barefooting is something that is for everyone, really, that wants to enjoy it, um, you know, there's, you know, for everyone, I mean, again, it's not like, every, I mean, most people take their shoes off at some point, you know, and there are benefits of that. There's so many benefits of grounding and those benefits of grounding that do go just beyond barefooting, but barefooting is a huge free and healing way to directly connect to the earth, directly ground, directly release all that excessive electrical energy in the body that can be caused by excessive electrical energy in the brain. Um, our most electrical parts of our body are our brains and our hearts. But again, all those neuro sig- uh, neurological signals and firing between the synapses and neurons and nerves all throughout the body and along the nervous system, that's electrical energy. It's biochemical electrical energy. We as humans are biochemical, we are bioelectric, and sometimes, you know, too much electrical energy in the body due to inflammation, um, even heart issues, um, mental health neurodivergency issues, anything like that, um, 
you know, that can cause an excess of electrical energy in the body um, and being able to restore a sense of homeostasis with that, it's really crucial to be able to ground and barefooting is a direct way to ground that excessive energy while also kind of balancing out your energy with the Earth's electromagnetic field, which I know sounds crazy, but, you know, there is data on it. <laughs> and um, And so there are so many different aspects of barefooting, you know, in which that it is a powerful tool of healing and and creating stability and regulation in many different people's lives. Is it a magical cure? No, it's not. Um, But it is a journey, and I I do feel like the benefits of barefooting, you know, you do see more and more the more you do it. Um, But also, too, the longer that you're barefooting, you will find, especially if you have different disabilities and things, that you're going to go through states of ebb and flow with your barefooting. It's never going to look exactly the same as the seasons change, as your life changes, as the demands of your mind and your body change, as the demands of the outside world and any obligations change. Your barefooting experience is going to go through processes of, of ebbing and flowing and changing. And even if you go through states that are kind of like regressing or whatever, where you're not barefooting as much or you know, you kind of couldn't do it as much because of certain reasons, like you're still on your journey, barefooting is still a crucial part of your life, and that is still valid. You know, we're constantly on an ebb and flow of existence as human beings, and we are very complex beings, but we are getting the 90-second warning. But remember, there are no laws or health codes against barefooting in public spaces in the U.S. You are not doing anything morally or legally wrong by going to a store, a mall, the police station even, a court building, um, going to the gas station, a a mall, a shopping center, a movie theater, even you're not doing anything morally or legally wrong doing any of those things. There are no laws against driving barefoot. There are literally none. It is your right. Barefooting, if anything, it is your American right. It is a choice for your body. And, you know, we're not here to bully people out of their shoes, just like we do not want to be bullied out of ours. Barefoot is Legal is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the rights and legalities of living the barefoot lifestyle, as well as sharing health benefits, giving support, providing information, and creating a sense of advocacy and um, accommodation and accessibility. So, you know, we are here to support all barefooters, as well as to keep pushing for barefooting to be seen as the accommodation and accessibility tool that it is for many people. Um, so definitely recommend checking out us out at barefootislegal.org. Um, and they, you can pretty much find us on all platforms at barefootislegal. Um, but um, it is real barefootislegal on Instagram. I will have to end the show, but take care, guys. Keep living your best barefoot lifestyle. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.